0: Welcome back, listeners. It's Friday here. We are excited about that. Uh, And Sabina and I so appreciate you joining us, as always. Today, we are going to be discussing listening skills. Literally, one of the greatest human needs is to be heard. And as a coach, it's one of your many responsibilities to provide a space for that to happen. Listening is a skill that is rarely taught in the classroom, but it is frequently used in the workplace. And if done effectively, it should be one of the best tools in your coaching toolbox. So let's dive in. Uh, I want to start with why is listening important? So we have a couple, we have five or six things that we want to share. The first one is your client actually already has the answers. I learned many years ago that we should operate under the assumption that the client has all the answers. And that can seem kind of odd if you're a coach, right? I mean, after all, aren't your FRs looking to you for guidance? Well, if you listen to our podcast episode on asking effective questions, you may remember us sharing that when you help your FRs come to their own solutions by asking great questions and then listening, you are going to get greater buy-in and greater commitment. So um, just important to, to really lead with the idea that the person you're coaching probably already has the answers up in that noggin of theirs. The second reason that listening is important is because it leads to a proper diagnosis as coaches and experts in our field, we assume that we have or that we should have all of the answers, right? We're we're the experts. And then we think it's our job to tell them those answers or vomit all of our knowledge onto them, right? Or maybe you've coached hundreds of advisors and at that point you start to make assumptions, right? Based on all that coaching and all of that experience only to find out you were actually working on the wrong issue to begin with. So if we aren't really listening, we may miss important clues that help us define the core issue. And an incorrect diagnosis is definitely not going to help getting to the right solution of results. And that leads me to uh, number three. Uh, Listening is also important because it actually saves time. If you weren't listening to begin with, you may need to have them repeat what they were saying. Or if you misdiagnosed and you gave an inaccurate suggestion or action step, you're not going to get the results. And then you're right back to the drawing board, right? So listening really is efficient. And I have to laugh a little bit actually when I hear myself say that listening is efficient because I'm, I'm big on efficiency. It's really important to me. And I don't like to waste a minute, which is kind of tricky because I want to multitask. So sometimes I catch myself, you know, cleaning my desk or crumpling up this piece of paper or, you know, doing something else, maybe making my grocery, my grocery shopping list when I should be listening or taking notes. And I have to remind myself that multitasking really isn't efficient and I need to be present in the moment. So that was number three. It saves time. Number four, it builds relationship and trust. It's hard to build a relationship when only one person is doing all of the talking. Um, And trust is built when people feel heard. I have so many examples of this that I'm excited to share with you later on um, in the podcast. But the better your relationship and the greater their trust in you, the more influence that you're going to have. And then that number five is influence. So listening is important because it allows us to influence people. I know it sounds counterintuitive, really. I mean, you think that, oh, when I share stuff and people hear it, I'm going to be able to influence them that way. But I have a fun story actually around influence. Literally, this just happened this morning. It's very fresh in my mind. I'm getting ready for our Beyond the Basics clinic that I'll be hosting in Chicago next week or in a couple of weeks. And we're having a panel of coaches and FRs. So we're going to hear from the FRs, their experience from coaching. And this morning, I happen to be on a phone call. With a financial rep that I coached last year. And we built a great relationship and we literally scheduled a call this morning just to catch up and say hi. Haven't talked to her in probably six months. And while we were on the call, I was telling her about this clinic and I said, Oh my gosh, I would love to. I said, You should be on our panel. I would love to have you come talk about it. She was actually very difficult to coach, believe it or not, very challenging. And when I was telling her about this panel discussion we were going to be having and hearing from FRs the impact of activity coaching, she said, you know, I miss our calls. I really miss talking with you. And she said, it's, it's kind of lonely. And she said, the best part is, she, I'm in a." she said, I'm in a point right now where everybody wants to tell me what to do. Everybody has advice for me. And I want to tell them, do you think I haven't heard, thought of that already? She said, my mind is racing with 10,000 things I know I need to do and all of these ideas I've been given. She said, I miss somebody that just listened to me. She's like, it was so great just being able to talk to somebody and have them listen. So she said that's where her influence came from, right? Like, we are still talking a year later as, as friends, and we have this great relationship. And she continued to talk a little bit about the impact that I had. And honestly, I felt like the best gift I gave her was just to listen. She said that's where most of the influence came from. Um, and then the last reason that listening is important is effective listening, and this is the most impo- important part, it leads to results. When you have all of the things in place that we just discussed, right, a proper diagnosis, a strong relationship, an opportunity to influence, you're more likely to get the successful results. So I'm going to pause there and ask Sabina, what are your thoughts on those things? What have I missed? What are what are the other reasons that you think listening is important?
1: I, I think it goes back to the very first thing you said, which is that is it is a great human need to be heard. And for, to, to acknowledge that you understand, being understood and appreciated. And you can really only do that through listening. And I think when was the last time you heard someone say, stop listening and start talking, right? People are always just saying, listen, listen, listen to me. And that's, um, that's because you don't get that very often. And I, I always am thinking about the things we talk about and how they can translate to skills that your FRs can use in the marketplace. Because if you think about the fact-finding process, that should be 90% listening, right? I used to, when I was coaching FRs, I would ask them, think about the last meeting you had. How much time did you spend talking? And how much time did you spend listening? So listening, I, I read... See, aren't you sorry you asked me now? <laughs> I read. Um, no, not at all. I'm listening. <laughs> in right? In story selling for financial advisors, they used the analogy of one minute being a meeting. And they asked an audience, like, how much of that in terms of seconds, if that if that meeting is a is, you know, however long it is. Um, but we're gonna use the analogy of a minute. How many of those seconds do you spend do reps spend talking versus listening? <laughs> they spent 52 seconds of the same. 60 talking. And so I think because, Yikes. yeah, right. Wow. And I think we fall into that trap, especially in activity coaching, because a lot of times we're not financial reps. And so we want to convince them that we know what we're talking about. And that's really not the most important thing. So anyway, that's, that's what I think about that. But I don't think you've missed anything. I think that's, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I loved how you started with that, that idea, right? You never say, oh, you know, that's Susie. She listens too much, right? <laughs> that just doesn't happen. You never hear people say that. It's like, yeah. oh, it's, they always talk too much, right? You never hear anybody say somebody, somebody listens too much. So speaking of that, I want our listeners to think of a time, and you too, Sabina, we can share our ideas on this, but think of a time that you weren't listened to. And what did the person in your own situation do that demonstrated non-listening? What impact did this have on your relationship, right? We probably all have that person in our life that we just know they're not listeners, they're talkers, right? So I recently asked my 17-year-old daughter for an example where she experienced this, and she said the person that came to mind talked over the top of her, didn't make much eye contact, and was anxious to tell her what to do or to give her advice that just didn't make sense based on what she was saying. And then I asked her, well, what was the outcome? And she said, well, I stopped telling her things and I don't really want to talk to her anymore. And that made me really sad, right? I mean, that is, that is how relationships sometimes are, are broken, right? They're definitely not strengthened um, through examples like that. Uh, it does not sound like an effective way to build relationship trust or to get results. So I want you as a listener to connect with the emotional part of not being heard and how that feels and what the devastating revol- results can be because we've all been there and we hate being on the receiving end of that behavior. So please, by all means, don't be on the delivery side of that behavior either.
1: And one more thing that I would add to that too, an indication to me and one of kind of my pet peeves when I know I'm not being heard is when someone responds with a situation that they were in. Like, yeah, that happened to me one time. Or let me tell you what happened to me one time. I'm like, I'm did you not just hear me? I'm not interested necessarily right now in what, how this relates to you. We're talking about me.
0: Right. And I do think people's intentions are good when they're doing that. There is something that, pe- that does build relationship when you find commonality with somebody and you can connect on that basis. But when it happens consistently and you don't let them finish and you jump in with like, oh, yeah, well, I can, you know, I can top that or, oh, that right. happened to exactly. me too. The meeting, the meeting that you have with the FR at that moment is about them. It's mm-hmm. not, like you said, it's not about you. Okay, I want our listeners to grab a pen and a piece of paper, as long as you aren't driving (laughs) or running on a treadmill (laughs) or something else. Don't become become one of those funny memes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, maybe they should just listen. Don't grab your pen and piece of paper. Um, Okay, on a scale of one to five, and I'll tell you what the scale is, I want you to mark where you think people would rank you as a listener. So number one is on the low end of the scale, and um, it's basically ignore. You're an ignoring listener, which essentially is you're not listening at all. Number two is you are a pretend listener, right? So maybe you're like nodding your head or pretending like you're listening, but you're really not. Number three is you're a selective listener. So you basically are, you're hearing, but you're then really picking what you're listening to. Number four is you are an attentive listener. So you are listening, you're paying attention, you know, your nonverbal cues are there, but maybe you're not, which is number five, authentically listening. So five is I'm an authentic listener. I really, truly am engaged. I am Listening, and so that's the top of the scale. So one through five. So where do you think people would rank you? Now I have a listening quiz, and I want you to answer yes or no to the following statements in regards to working with those that you coach. And we'll put, those, we'll put these in the show notes that might be helpful for you uh, in case you want to go back to them. So yes or no to these statements. Um, first, I find myself finishing their sentences. Yes or no? Uh, Next, I give out opinions before hearing them out. You could probably replace opinions with advice, too. Maybe I give out my advice before hearing them out. I get restless and impatient. Yes or no. I lose track of what is being said. I mentally rehearse what I'm going to say next. I take control of the conversation. Yes or no. I interrupt with frequent comments or questions. I try immediately to diagnose their problems. I worry about how to respond instead of listening. And the last one is I listen briefly and then I begin talking. So yes or no uh, to all of those questions. So in fairness, I can't say I haven't done some of these things, right? I'm, I'm human, like everybody, like all coaches. But the key is awareness and eliminating them wherever you can. I would say if you said yes to more than two or three of those, you've definitely got some room for opportunity. And again, nobody's perfect, right? This is about learning and growing and developing your skills as a coach. But in my opinion, this is an area that many people could certainly improve. So here are some of the common listening challenges that people tend to fall into. The first one is pseudo listening. And pseudo obviously is like fake or false listening, where you're nodding, but you're not really listening. So that's the first one, pseudo listening. The second is selective listening. And in selective listening, basically you're hearing what you want. You're picking and choosing what you want to hear. And so some of that might include distractions, right? Like you, there's something going on in the background. There's somebody else having a conversation in a cubicle next to you. You know, there's a commercial or, you know, a sound in the background, whatever it is. But you're basically just hearing what you want to out of all of the different options of things to hear. The third one is critical listening. And by critical listening, we basically mean criticizing. And this is where you're going to, you know, somebody might have delivery quirks. Right? So you're in your mind, you're listening to them, but really what you're doing is you're zoning in on the way it's being delivered and you're not hearing what they're saying. You're just hearing the quirk, whether that's verbal or nonverbal. Or maybe they said something and it was a political comment or it was something that you disagreed with and all of a sudden you're stuck on that one comment and they've continued talking, but you're still on that previous comment and you're criticizing in your mind what they said. It could be something as silly as like they gosh, they have, they wore that same thing the last time I was on <laughs> and last time I met with them, they've got the same shirt on or like, oh, interesting hair today, you know, whatever it is. And I do think critical listening has become more of an issue since we've been on Zoom. I don't know about you, Sabina, but I think it's easier to do. We're so zoned in. It's like so in front of us, right? right. Yep. Um, were you going to share something? Uh, no, yeah. no, I was just agreeing. Okay. All right. So some people are hypersensitive to, to distractions and other people are not. So I think you have to be aware, like, how sensitive am I to the distractions around me? So, you know, create some awareness around what those challenges are. You know, pseudo-listening, selective listening, critical listening. Typically, we fall into one of those three challenges. But what I want to get into, which is the most important part, and usually why our listeners' zone is, is what do we do about it? Give us some solutions. So here are some listening solutions. Number one, awareness. Just being aware of how... While well, you are listening, now that we've talked about it and you've listened to this podcast, hopefully you're going to recognize what you aren't listening or where you aren't listening, and say stop. Right, catch yourself in it. It's like an attitude. You have to choose to do it. You have to choose choose to be interested, not interesting. I love that, and I think I I've heard too. you say that before mm-hmm. too, Sabina. Right, yep. like. Everybody wants to be interesting, right? And I I think that's another reason people jump in and want to say something because it's like, oh, I've done that too. I'm interesting too. But if we choose to be interested versus interesting, it makes a difference. And if you think about
1: some of the best conversations are the times when you say the least, like people will come away from a conversation with you in which you didn't say much, but really listen to them. And they'll be like, man, I could talk to, you know, I could talk to her all day long. Even though you didn't say much of anything, Mm -hmm. it's just some of my best coaching meetings were the ones where I had the least to
0: say. So it's interesting. Exactly. And that's what you want your FRs to do. You want your FRs to come to you and talk to you. But if you constantly put them down, you will notice eventually they just stop engaging. Oh, yeah. So be aware of it. That's the first solution. Um, Next one is be physically and mentally prepared to listen. Now, I know this is going to sound silly, but how many times have you been in a meeting and like this was me the other day, I had to go to the bathroom so badly. I was just like wiggling in my chair and I'm like, I can't listen. I'm going to pee my pants. And so I literally, I I have gotten much better at saying, can you give me two minutes? Like I'm going to be such a better listener. I'm going to be so much more engaged if I could just take care of this biological problem. Right. Um, So pay attention to that stuff. That's part of being physically prepared to listen. Make sure you're not hungry. Right. I mean, I've been, your tummy's growling. Mm -hmm. You can't concentrate because you're hungry, you know, or you're exhausted. You didn't get enough sleep. And so like your attention span just isn't there. So make, make sure you're, you're physically and mentally prepared. Next one is set a goal. I know it sounds silly. How many times do we go into a meeting and we're like, I'm going to set a goal for the percent of time I'm going to listen today. But if you choose, you know, or you aim for a hundred percent and hit 90, it's better than the majority of the people because most people aren't listing at 90%. So if you set a goal at 100% and you fall a little short of that, that's better than than nothing. And again, it's a choice. So you can start by putting down... Simple things like putting down your phone and not just turning off the ringer. This one cracks me up. Mm-hmm. Hang on one moment while I turn my ringer off on my phone. And then what is it doing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the whole table's vibrating. <laughs> right. and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like That is as distracting as the phone ringing. And people know, right, your phone is buzzing. So literally put it on, do not disturb. Or, you know, turn it upside down so that you can't mm-hmm. see it. Yep. Um, there are a lot of things that you can do to be physically and mentally prepared and, and you know, setting a goal to listen.
1: And I think another one
0: next one is front and be front and center.
1: Yeah, or I was just gonna say preparing yourself. If you just take 30 seconds and empty your mind, like just center yourself. I know it sounds like what are we in yoga class, mm-hmm. but I think it when you get ready to go do something like listen or be in a meeting or something, if you just take 30 seconds and focus on, you know, to, to your point, set that goal and clear your mind of other things because I, I and I'm, guilty of that. i like Mm -hmm. worrying about all kinds of things. And I I have to stop and tell myself, you can't do anything about A, B, and C right now. This is where you are. Be here. So I always am telling myself, be here now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of like yoga though. Yoga helps us be more present. It's the concentration. It's
1: the ability to concentrate. Mm Yep.
0: So number four was sitting front and center. If you're in a coaching meeting, it's it's just the two of you, so this this kind of pertains more to in a group setting, um, because you're going to be distracted. Think about a big group. When was the last time you went to you know an auditorium or a big presentation, a big meeting? You sit in the back of the room. You're distracted. You're watching what everybody else is doing in front of you, right? So try to you know be in front of the person as best you can. Again, Zoom not ideal, but better than phone, right? right. I will say when I am on a phone call, that is when I start multitasking. Mm-hmm. Zoom is exhausting for a reason. I think listening takes more energy. Mm-hmm. And again, I think it depends on whether you're extroverted or introverted. But for me, it takes more energy for me to listen than it does for me to talk. And so when I'm in Zoom meetings and I'm really concentrating, I'm exhausted. And sometimes I have to give myself a break. So I'll say, oh, let's do a phone call. And it is more relaxing. It doesn't take as much energy. But it's also probably because I'm only half ass listening. I hate to say it, <laughs> I'm probably right. not listening. Because they can't see you. As well as I could <laughs> be. Um, they can't see me that yeah, right. takes off I can wander and pace sure. and you know lay on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, next one is take notes, right? And you can do this on the computer too, or on paper. Sabina, you and I talked about this the mm-hmm. other day. I think paper is a much better option. I think you shared there was a study or something. Oh yeah, that, they've studied that, college that said right that taking notes on the computer. They've studied college yeah. students in big lecture classes,
1: and they've they've demonstrated time after time that because you know that's what people do now is they just type while they're listening, and when you do that, you're you're not getting the lecture because you're just transcribing it. When you're taking notes with paper and pencil, you have to seize on the bigger ideas. It actually makes you a better listener and you're a much more you're much more effective when it's exam time because you can you have to pick out the things you can't possibly write as fast as they're talking. So it forces you to pay more attention right. and to be a better listener so that you get the main ideas. So it's, I thought that was fascinating because everybody is, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes efficiency is great, but it's not always sometimes you have to do what I call going around the block to get across the street because the process is what makes what makes mm-hmm. it
0: yep yeah I will say I used to again efficiency was my big thing it mm-hmm. still is but I used to try to take notes in a spreadsheet when I was coaching, and it was efficient because when I got done with the meeting, my notes were done. But I will say it sunk in much better, and I do almost all of my notes now handwritten on a pad of paper because it just, it, it does. It sinks in better. I'm engaging better. I, mm-hmm. I listen better for some reason when I'm taking notes on a piece of paper than when I am on my computer.
1: There's just something about the connection between yeah, your hand. That one. Yeah, there's something about the connection between your
0: hand and the pen
1: and the paper. There's just something visceral about that connection connection that, that makes a big mm-hmm. difference. It's physical,
0: I think. Yeah. Another solution, practice. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, sounds kind of silly, like how do I practice listening? But it's like any skill. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. Um, so be quick to listen and slow to speak. It's a good way to, a good way to practice. Slow to listen. Are quick to listen, slow to speak. And here's a way that
1: you can practice that. I've I've done this as an exercise. It's really funny to watch if you do it with a group of people is time yourself. You have to be, I think part of listening is being comfortable with silence, right? Like not wanting to jump in right away. Mm -hmm. So time yourself Mm -hmm. and see how long you can sit completely still and listening without starting to fidget or get anxious. Um, And it's interesting. Some people can do it all day long. And some people, I I used to time people and I would do it for 30 seconds. And at the end, I would ask them, how long do you think that was? The people who are more extroverted and can't, like that's just how they expel energy is by talking. I I got answers as much as two minutes. That that was like two minutes, right? I'm like, that was 30 seconds. (laughs) It was just, it's funny, the perception of time (laughs) when you are sitting quietly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, last one, pretend to be fascinated if you have to, because what your body does, your mind will follow. Um, so listen with your whole body, right? Nod your head, make eye contact, lean in. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do physically, because when you're doing those things, it's almost impossible for your mind. Not to follow. So, lastly, before we go into our "say that again" segment, here are just you know a couple quick summary things in regards to what listening looks like. Um, It's ignoring distractions, it's ignoring delivery quirks, and focusing on the message. Making eye contact and nodding, Um, being aware of their body language is an important part of listening. Even though we're listening with our eyes, right? Um, So, being aware of their body language is a form of listening. Understanding the speaker's ideas and not just hearing. Um, you know, there, there's something there, there's a difference between hearing and listening. I think of commercials when you're doing things in the kitchen and you hear the TV on in the background, you know, there's noise back there and you're hearing it, but you're not listening to it. You couldn't really repeat it. Right. So that's the difference between hearing and listening, um, ask clarifying questions. Clarifying questions are a great way to demonstrate that you're listening, um, acknowledge the emotion that's involved, uh, take notes. Um, so again, a lot of different things that you can do, um, you know, to, to demonstrate listening. So next time, th- next time you have something to say, think about listening before you talk. All right. So now it is time for our... Say, say that, that again. 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 Again.
1: Again. Again.
0: again. All right. Well, I was thinking about what we were going to do for our say that again segment. It was kind of funny because the segment is called say that again, and we're all about listening. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> also, how we'll funny would We'll just be really be? quiet now. <laughs> I know. How funny? Exactly. Now we're going to demonstrate listening. We're just going to sit in silence. Oh my gosh. I, I, and then I thought too, well, we could demonstrate what active listening doesn't look like. And Sabina, you could, you could be the FR. I could be the coach and I could just top o- or talk over the top of you. And I thought, well, that's not going to work. So instead for our Say That Again segment today, I'm just going to do, and I'm ask, gonna, going to ask Sabina to play along. I have no idea how this is going to work. Um, we haven't talked about this. Yeah. I don't also, even know what we're doing, so um, I don't know how it's going to work this. either. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So this will be fun. It's just three simple statements. It's going to go really quickly. I know, and it it, it might not even work. So (laughs) here we go. It's going to be an experiment. All right. So I want you first of all to like draw a spot on a piece of paper. Just draw a little, draw a little spot on a piece of paper or a dot on a piece of paper for me. Uh, Okay. um,
1: Okay. Yep.
0: If you don't, you can pretend. That's okay. Okay. Good. I was like, I don't have. Let's do this instead. (laughs) Okay. Say spot. I don't have a piece of paper. See, this is working great already. I can tell. (laughs) All right. Say spot five times. Spot, 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 spot. Yep. Excellent. And what do you do at a green light? You go. Oh, dang. See, you're too good. You're too smart for this. I knew this was going to happen. And you're too good of a listener. But th- this is a good example, though. Mm-hmm. 90% of people, when you do this, yep. they're going to say stop, yep. right? Because they've just said spot, in spot, the spot. Pattern. And they just yeah. put a, a dot or a spot on a piece of paper. <laughs> and they're funny. in the pattern, right? right? And what does your body do? Or your mind Your mind follows what you, they, yeah. you just heard. It's automatic. You just heard your mouth say spot, spot, spot. So it, it tends to want to say stop. It's yep. automatic, right? Yep. But you paused and you thought about it. So nice job. And now, now you kind of get. Now you're on to me, so you're going to get it. But here we go again. Here's number okay. two. Um, what, what does R O A S T spell? Roast. Mm-hmm. And what does C O A S T spell? Coast. Right. Yep. Okay. And what do you put into your toaster? Toast.
1: Oh no! <laughs> you did get me there. What you bread. put into your toaster? Bread.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did. It comes out as toast, but you put bread in your oh, toaster. <laughs> that, okay, so you did get me on that. one. All right. Um, okay. Okay. So I did get you on that. Was one. Good. Okay. So um, you can see there. me. I know our listeners can't. But what color is the sheet of paper I'm holding up? White. Yep. Exactly. And what color is a ghost? White. Yep. And what do cows drink?
1: Water? I'm I'm like thinking, what do cows? I've never seen a cow drink
0: anything. Yes, you got it. Gosh, I knew you were the wrong person to do this with. But this is also why I love you, because you're you're so much smarter than I am. I don't think Um, so. But most people say, what do they say? Milk. What do most people say? They say milk, right? Yeah. What do they cows say drink? Milk. Exactly. Cause that's, because that was my white. That yeah, was my first. And, and I thought, wait,
1: no, what do cows drink? And then I had to stop and think, I've never seen a cow drink anything. <laughs> Usually when I see cows, they're just standing in the yeah.
0: field. <laughs> <laughs> who, because who watches cows drink know, anything? Right? um But here's the funny oh. part about that is associations and biases play a big role oh, yeah. in what we're hearing, right? And what we listen mm-hmm. to, right? So mm-hmm. most people associate milk with a cow and right. so they say that, but we're doing the same thing when we're listening. We're making associations and biases, right? Biases are the same way. Biases impact how we listen. So if you have a bias towards somebody, you may not be as much of a listener right? Um, based on something they've said in the past, especially if you're criticizing, right? So I do think um, bias plays a big part. So being aware of what those biases are um, is really important. So there were a couple good examples, right, um, mm-hmm. for you. Just kind of a yeah. fun uh, way to bring our listening skills to, to light. So anyhow, all right. Well, this was fun. Thank you, Sabina. Hopefully all of our listeners um, took away some new skills and ideas that they can implement into their coaching around listening. Um, thank you again for joining, and we will see you back here again next time. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather
1: and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app.
0: And to learn more about our Activity Coaching Clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes.
1: Thanks again for listening. listening. Keep Keep learning learning and growing. growing.